Hi, I'm Otto. Welcome to Ellen Sarah's podcast. You know what I've realized? Are we recording? Yeah, we always are. I just never feel great. (laughs) No, I'm serious. I don't ever just... Feel good. I feel like I'm always, you know, oh, my back hurts Mm -hmm. or... I'm tired, or am I maybe getting a UTI? Mm-hmm. Or does You're my always, you are always getting a UTI? Or does like my throat kind of hurt? You're or, very dramatic about health stuff. No, it's not that I'm dramatic. I'm in touch with myself, <laughs> and I just don't remember the last time that I was like, "Yeehaw!" Like I'm ready to conquer the day. I always wake up and I'm like, "Fuck, we have so much to do today," mm-hmm. and I don't know how to do it. Yeah, you've always been somebody who kind of wakes up kind of a little bit mad about her responsibilities and sort of like, oh, my kids woke me up early and I didn't sleep well and yeah, you're very fragile. But it's weird because I'm so grateful for our busy day. Like I've talked about before, I've had many a days where I wish I had an agenda. So I'm grateful for the busy days. But like as we're sitting here about to do this, I'm grateful for this podcast. But you don't really want to do it. I love this podcast. I love the people that are listening to this podcast. I love- But you're I, about to complain about them. But I'm like, oh, fuck, like- what am I going to talk about today? I just kind of want to take a nap. I'm mm. really tired. I, you know what? I appreciate you being honest with everyone who's taken their time to download this episode that you actually don't want to be here. I do want to be here. You're, see, this is the problem. I say things and then you twist them. <laughs> you twist my words. And it's not cool. Sometimes I would just like for you to be a supportive sister and go, I hear you. Like, I get that. I've felt like that too before. But instead, you're trying to turn the audience against me. Mm-hmm. I saw what you just did there. <laughs> and I don't appreciate it. But it's also, we also just had a really long, creative lunch meeting. Great meeting. Well, it, yeah. And you know what? You shouldn't actually come for me because I was going to give you compliments. And now I'm like on the fence about giving them to you. Oh, no, really? Yep. I'm doubting when I, I want to give you those compliments. It's hard to give you a compliment. Because I'm not a sympathetic character. Well, that's, yes, that's obvious. All right, give me the compliment. Also, I find Wait, that you're very manipulative on this <gasps> podcast. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about when I can't sleep at night, these are the things I think about, okay? Well, I'm so flattered that I'm, because guess what? No <laughs> offense, you don't ever come into my thoughts at night. <laughs> this is the problem. You think about me at three in the morning. I don't think about you at three in the morning. Well, that's probably part of a bigger issue <laughs> on both ends. I'm thinking about myself at three in the morning. You always have. You always okay, have. Okay, so what, I think you're manipulative on this on this podcast. Okay. Mm-hmm. You don't show your fucking true evil side, and then it looks like I'm always coming for you. Uh-huh. But they don't know the behind the scenes of who you really. Oh are. wow! So so you are fully just. So you're always like, I'm a damsel in distress. <laughs> oh, Erin is so mean to me. She just cuts me off and interrupts me. Which, by the way, everybody writes in that you interrupt me constantly. You are the world's worst conversationalist. Okay. All right. Okay? And then you're always like, oh, Aaron, I didn't know you felt this way. Oh, God, Aaron's really coming for me today. And I'm like, this bitch, if she was her true self, if these people witnessed you 24-7, you would have no fans, no listeners, no followers. You might not even have children. You would have no friends. Well, I would have children. You'd have children they wouldn't speak to you. They come into this world. <laughs> you are fake. I wish I had a fake-ass bitch bell right okay. now because I want to ring it. Bring it. You're just like, oh, I just, I don't know. I'm just so busy all the time. My biggest flaw is that I'm overworked and I, and I can't be present. Like, no, that's not your biggest flaw. Okay. I actually, 
I hear you, but I want to <laughs> say- Oh my God, you're doing it again. <laughs> you're doing but it I again. But I want to say that I resent what you're, you're doing saying it again. because I feel like I am very transparent about my shortcomings and I'm very oh, no. raw this is, this is and unfiltered oh. here where I truly share my deep- <gasps> Did your feet grow? I'm just looking down. I'm just looking down at your feet. You have really weird, long feet. Well, okay, hold on. I get you look like you have a size twelve foot. I get compliments like, to having very attractive feet, but I'm they look like a they look like Shaq's foot. <laughs> this is crazy. They look so big. Well, they're smaller than yours, but they don't look it. Okay, put your foot up next. Uh, no, like well, I don't want to touch your foot. <laughs> I don't want to touch. You won't touch feet. Just put it next to mine. It's oh, yours look way bigger. Smaller than yours, I think. I think it's got a thinner leg attached to the foot, so you it looks do have large. A, a skinnier ankle. They look very long and. Thank you. Was wow. it a, no, I've just a, never noticed your feet. I was always just like, oh yeah, Aaron's is eight. You don't have that big of a foot. I am a nine. You always deny my shoe size. I am a size nine. I, are you sure you're not a 13? I'm, I'm looking at your foot. <laughs> you and just are in denial of my, my shoe size. You always deny me my it shoe looks, size. You, every time we, I go, well, I can wear your shoes. Oh, my feet are much bigger than yours. I go, no, we can share shoes. Turns, turns oh, out they're not. Oh, no, no, you, yeah. you can't wear my they shoes. Look double the size aren't you an eight? You always go, aren't you an eight? Because you love to tell me how short I am. Aren't you an eight? I'm like, no, I'm a nine. Okay, you can't blame your shortness on me. I that's not my fault. I live in the world fine with my height. Most people think I'm tall. People actually I present taller than I am. People think I'm five eight. Just it's not, not when you're true. standing next to me. People think I'm five eight. I'm actually five six and a half. Mm-hmm. And people are very surprised to hear that. They mm-hmm. all think I'm tall. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people would actually say five, six and a half is you, tall. When you and I do shoots together, you have to go in a box. You know what, Sarah? <laughs> there is a community of short people that are gonna try to cancel you and I'm gonna support them. <laughs> It's like a trigger for you because you're always like, well, I need a box. I need, I'm going to have to nope. You know what? Let's go down this road. I'm happy to go down this road. Okay. Doing a photo shoot with Sarah or even just taking a, a candid photo with Sarah. Sarah is no, already- No, I hunch over. I hunch Sarah, over. Uh, this is where you lie. You just, I wish we could have like you attached to a lie detector. Look, go through okay? photos of me where I'm in a group of people. I always hunch over. No, that's not okay. true. You, oh, I'm just like the awkward girl that's so tall. I hunch over. Not who you are. Not true at all. What Sarah does actually instead of that is that Sarah stands on her toes in photos next to me. I am already two and a half inches shorter than her. And she stands on her toes in photos with me wearing flats. It's fucked up. Not intentional. I don't do it intentional. But how is it not intentional? You choose, your mind photos. tells your foot to go up on its toes. <laughs> it's is it an accident? Okay, let's go through photos. And I later. always have to take my foot and step on her foot and put it back down okay. to the floor. Can we go back to the compliment you were going to give me? I don't think I want to give it anymore. Well, you have to. I feel disconnected from the compliment. Just do it anyway. <sighs> See if it'll connect you back. Okay. 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 So. I need to get into a different frame of mind. Okay. Different frame we of mind. We will wait. We will wait. And okay. why? I need to go to a beautiful place. I'm going to Blackberry Farm in my You're mind. You're in Blackberry Farm. You're sitting on that porch. Bed. Sitting on the porch. <laughs> on the porch. Simon's rubbing those size 13 <laughs> feet. <laughs> oh. oh, I'm there. And it's like, it's so peaceful because you're not there. <laughs> yeah. And it did look beautiful. It really was beautiful. Okay. Are you there yet? <sighs> okay. I think I'm there. Okay. Sarah and I just had a meeting. Mm-hmm. With a woman named Sarah Shepard, who works. What at, a boss! Very cool. She's a Disney Plus. She bought a show from us, and we're gonna make the show. Yeah, it's still in development. Yeah. Um, but Sarah really pulled her weight as a producer today in this meeting. I mean, I because always pull my weight as a producer. I get to a work meeting, and I'm just like looking at chit chat. I'm just looking to breeze through it and just hang, get to know each other, keep things kind of 
easy. Sarah wants to dive Hold into on. business. Pause, oh. pause, pause, okay. pause. Just to give you guys a little idea of where Aaron's mindset is when we sit down with these very- It's one person. Powerful- uh, women in power who powerful women in power who are there. We are, it is a work lunch, and we sit down. And Aaron starts talking about oh my colitis <laughs> and microbiome, and we do this thing where we put other people's shit and other people's shit. Uh, this is what's happening on our lunch meeting. Okay. First of all, it was a lunch. It was a lunch. She was very curious about the thing I was talking about. Okay. She really wasn't. She had a look of horror on her face when you started explaining it no, to her. No, she was fascinated. No, she wasn't. And you know what? Part of what we do for a living is just having, you know, personalities and being able to get along with someone. And then they go, oh, yeah. I'll work with her. Right. Well, sometimes you should tone yours down a little bit. You should just- Well, I always did well in these meetings before I ever knew you. Oh, Okay. All right, we'll continue with the compliment. All right. So I pulled my weight. So, yes, I was talking about my microbiome. Yes, <laughs> that is true. So the point is, is that Sarah Shepard was like, hey, we have this product project together. I love working with you guys. I want to work on other stuff. What else do you guys have for me? And my mind is just blank at this point. I'm just like, I don't know. Let's talk about the microbiome again. <sighs> Sarah starts immediately thinking of all these projects, things that I've written that never got made, things that we've pitched to people that they didn't want to buy, but we could turn it into a movie instead. Like all the things that we've come up with created that just that didn't, you know, survive, but are also great projects. And she starts pitching her left and right. I went oh, we got this to the wall. Yeah, we got this one. We got this one. We got this one. Aaron sent her the outline of that. Aaron sent her the script of this. And I was like, oh shit, I forgot about that. Like I forgot about that too. I wasn't going to mention any of these things. We could end up having five different shows and movies, different projects that, you know, I spent or we spent long hours working on that would have just lived in a dumpster somewhere, mm -hmm. but you might be bringing them back to life and making us money and getting something on the air by remembering these things. And then Sarah starts casting them. Then Sarah's like, oh, Laura Dern for that one. Oh, oh Laura Dern. This person I for mean, that. And I was like, that's a, that's a really good casting move. Yeah. You're very good at casting. Yeah. Thank and, you. This um, is so sweet. And networking and producing. Like yes. you're, it's your it's your wheelhouse. Sarah knows who everybody is, yep. what all their positions are, who's gotten fired from which company. I don't know who anybody is. Yeah. I don't know where anybody works. I don't even know who we're talking to. But it's like I said, two of me would not work. So it's great Definitely not. that I take that role and you are like the stoner in the corner who, with her little typewriter, <laughs> who turns out the goodies. Because you have some real good material. But it's what's crazy is in this business... Um, as writer, producer, you know, creators, all of that, you can literally spend a year developing, writing, 20 hours a day, working on something. <laughs> Are you good? No, no, I'm okay. Okay. But it's just crazy, this idea that you work so hard, you put your life and soul into some of these projects, and then some big suit just decides, no, no, we're not going to make that. And it literally goes into a vault somewhere to never be found again. Yes, there are... All right, are you, should, we, should we pause? Because you're like dying over I'm back. Here. Okay. Yes, there are certain situations where, I mean, I think there's like a famous uh, Steven Spielberg... Oh, ER, the hit show ER. That was a show that was developed. I think, I don't know how Steven Spielberg got involved. It's a notoriously famous story because it was just rotting on a shelf in like the CAA closet. And someone, some agent went in and found it, right? After like 10 years. <laughs> These things like don't happen that often. So you work so hard on something. And then if someone just goes, eh, 
no, I don't like it. Just goes away. The world just never sees it. It just goes away and it's like really good. I mean, Daddy Issues, the show you wrote for Fox, so good. Guys, there is a 30-minute pilot TV show. Don Johnson plays Aaron's dad. Aaron's in it. There's an unbelievable group of, uh, the cast is amazing. It's such a good show. It's just sitting, it's sitting in a room right now. No one will ever see. Are, okay, you're not good because you're. I'm just clearing my throat, just getting the last of it out. Okay. Should we pause? No, but I agree with you. So anyways, it's just, oh, what do you, what do you want? No, I was just going to say like, I'm used to that as a writer. You just, you spend a lot of time and energy in something. You write something. It takes up a year of your life. Yeah. And they pay you to write it and they pay you well. So you feel good about what you did. And then they say, no, thanks. And then you just literally have to walk in a different direction and say, what's next? Right. I'm just used to it. You just cannot get too attached to anything which is not easy for me. But it is good to have someone like you who's crazy and won't <laughs> let go of things and bring, yeah. you know, can't move on from anything because yeah. here we are sitting in a meeting and you're pitching something that I wrote five years ago yeah. and you might give it new life. Yeah. And that's the thing. Sometimes being unable to let things go and to live in the past is actually good. I don't think that's advice you should give to <laughs> a large audience. Guys, don't let anything go. Just keep living on in the past. But anyways, uh, yeah, I don't think you should say that to but anybody. But I don't know that we talk about we have so many um you know lanes that we are in and I don't know that we talk about a lot of, you know, our television stuff. The the truth is we have we have a um an overall deal at Disney 20th, you know, Disney to just let you guys understand how this works. That's Hulu. Really like take people through our resume. Well, they can fast forward. It's Hulu, it's FX, it's ABC Network, it's Freeform, it's all these different um well, you don't call them networks. What do you call them? Platforms? Platforms, I guess, really? yeah. That we are um in a development deal with. So, yes, we talk to you guys a lot about favorite daughter and all of our investments and all those things, but I don't think we talk a lot about the TV stuff. Okay, well, you know what? Let's wait but, and see if people... Well, we well, really well I got a lot of questions today and nobody oh, mentioned got, TV. Oh, you got so. questions. Yeah. I didn't get questions. That's because I submitted... I asked. I get a lot get of questions about like skincare and... No, we're not doing that. That's boring. Okay. Oh, Sarah, a lot of people want to know about Tommy. Oh a lot God. of questions about Tommy. He is very mysterious to people. I know because he likes to be mysterious. He doesn't want to... Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to come on the podcast. He's very... Like, he doesn't like it when I film him. He gets which I don't really ever film him. It is weird when people like film their husbands. I don't know. Do you do that? Yeah, you do. I do it. So thanks. You do it. But for whatever reason, it works. Because Simon just so clearly doesn't want to be a part of it. And you just so don't give a shit that he doesn't want to be a part of it. You still do it anyway. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Tommy is German. And he'd actually, he's actually very funny, which people don't know, but he's very, very very funny. Direct. He was saying to me yesterday. Oh, Lord. He was like, you know, all of you Americans, you always say like, I love you, I love you, oh, and I love this, and I love that. He goes, for instance, you meet a baby, and you just go, oh my God, he's so cute. What if the baby's not cute? If the baby is not cute, I don't say it's cute. If the baby's not cute, I say, oh, what a baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, there's your baby. Oh, nice you had a baby, but I don't say it's cute unless the baby is very, well, very cute. He said our kids were cute, and our kids were not cute. Right. I mean, our kids were just, they both came out and I looked at both of them and thought, how is this possible? Like, right, like Tommy and I attractive are people. semi-attractive people. How is it possible that I have a baby with hair on her ears and not on her head? Like, yeah. how is this possible? Josie looked like E.T. when she came out, pretty much. I, I don't know. It but was, you know what? They turned out 
really beautiful. I looked at V and I said, put her back. Let's let her cook a little longer. <laughs> because I just didn't understand. Yeah. But then it all worked out. I don't know. They're but beautiful. Like, they're uh, beautiful. But, but like newborns are weird looking. I know. But you know how some moms, they don't see it. Love yeah. is blind. I saw it. Right. I respect that. I never was like, my baby's so well, beautiful. If you have a baby, I was like, my baby's wonderful. I love baby, her more than anything. Tommy, he's not going to tell your baby's cute unless you really think We had cute. a fight about it recently, though, because I made a comment. I was like, oh, my God. I mean, our kids were just not pretty babies. He goes, what are you talking about? They were the most beautiful babies. I was like, okay, well. Oh. yeah. So he's going to judge other people's babies, but not his but own. Not his own. Mm -hmm. But he does have an issue with the love thing. He, he gets, he has like a visceral reaction when we're out and I see somebody and then I go, okay, bye. I love you. He's like, we'll walk away. And he'll be like, why did you just say that? And not like to a guy, but he's like, you love you know, that person. You love her. You, you know, he's her? literally like, why would you just say that? And I was like, well, what do you mean? Why would I just say that? Like, she's the best. Like, I love her. And he's like, you love her. Like you actually like love for her. Like he's you throw yourself in front of a bus for her. He's like, it's so weird in Europe. He goes like this, this does not happen. You guys just throw the love yous around mm -hmm. like it's nothing. He goes, so it means a lot less when I hear you saying it to me or whatever. Tommy will only give you the oh, yeah. minimal amount that he wants. Like if you say like, Hey, do you like this sandwich I got you? It's okay. It's okay. Fair Everything phones. is, it's okay. You got to work for it with him. Yeah. If he really likes something, it takes a lot for him to like compliment, mm -hmm. you know? But when he does, yeah, it means something. But people do want to hear how you guys met. I do wish he complimented me more. Like he never says like, I mean, sometimes, but like some women don't need to hear it, but I need to hear like, oh, wow, you look really good tonight. Mm -hmm. Some women don't need to hear that. I think, I think every woman needs to hear that. Oh, really? Yeah, of course. Oh, is there a woman that doesn't want to get a compliment? No, but well, that's true. I do like a compliment. Okay, so do you tell Tommy that you need him to do that more? I think I have. Does he do it more? No. No. He no. just doesn't want to do it. No. Does he, when does he compliment you? He, you know, it's funny. I think he goes out of his way not to compliment me when I'm really dressed up with like hair and makeup because he just doesn't like that. He really likes... Oh, natural. Oh, natural. He really likes the no makeup ponytail. But I remember I used to wake up and feel so pretty. I would wake up and I'd be like swollen and like, like pretty. Puffy. Now I wake up and I look like Godzilla. Like it's, I have to like put hot water on my face. I have to like. I don't, I really don't think that it's likable for you to go down the road of like the, you wake up and you just feel gross and ugly. I don't think anyone's going to appreciate that from you. Okay. Well, that's how I feel. Here's what I know. I know that we all have 20,000 photos in our iPhone. Most of us have iPhones, I assume, uh, in our iPhone that are just sitting there. And so many times I'm like, this would be such a cute picture to frame. Or I sit in the house, I go, oh, I wish I had a photo framed of this or of that. But it's just like, seems like so much work to the frame store. And that's why FrameBridge is such an amazing solution because you literally can just go to their website, you upload the photo, and then it helps you design what frame should be in it. It shows you the photo inside the frame, like digitally so you can get a feel for what it looks like, any size, any crop, any mat, and then it just delivers it to your house. The idea of just doing it all from your house is just so, like at this point, everyone should have like that gallery wall. If it's in your home, if it's in your office, they're great gifts. Send to the grandparents, send to- also Just knowing someone's birthday is coming up and being like not knowing what to get them and having the option of like framing a photo, it's personal and it's different. It doesn't cost very much. There's just something about getting a gift of a framed photo. It just feels like you put so much effort into it. It feels so loving and thoughtful. They're gonna go, oh my God, I got the most thoughtful gift from Sarah. She's the best friend in the world. 
The entire wall up my stairs is all frame bridge. It's like took five also, seconds. Also, their and- prices start at thirty nine dollars, and all of their shipping is free. So get started today. Frame your photos or someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com and use the promo code FOSTER to save an additional 15% off your first order. Framebridge.com, promo code FOSTER. That is framebridge.com, promo code FOSTER. Hello, this uh, this next ad is very sexy. It probably sounds a little something like this. I don't think you have a very good sexy voice. Okay. Okay, this ad is for Dipsy. Sexual short stories to turn you on. I have to say... Are you turned on right now, Sarah? Well, not sitting here with you. I'm not. <laughs> um, but Dipsy, I have heard about it. I heard about it. Actually, Simon told me about it. Okay. <laughs> oh, Simon's a big fan. Simon was like, hey, I'll call you back. I'm just on Dipsy. And I didn't know what it was. And now... So he he needed to be turned on. And so he found it in Dipsy. No, but it's really like, look, here's the deal. We're all looking for an escape right now. This is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on, as mm-hmm. you said. What I like about it is it gives you these very specific scenarios. So it, it like, like you can put you right in it. Yeah, you can like listen to a story about going back to your hometown and like talking to the crush that you never made a move on. I'm really into that. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash foster. That is 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash foster. Dipsystories.com slash foster. My sexy voice is a little southern. Dipsy. Dipsystories.com slash foster. Okay. Have I seen you since your birthday? I don't know. I don't you think went to so. Blackberry Farm, very opulent vacation. I went to Blackberry Farm, nothing compared to your German vacation. And I mean, you probably spent more at Blackberry Farm in four days than I spent an entire two months. But yeah, I keep going. So. Um, for sure. And it was really beautiful. I've always wanted to go to Blackberry Farm. Me too. Can't get in though. It's always booked. Finally went. And spent my birthday there. And was it all that it was cracked up to be? It was better. Wow. It was even better. That place is just... Best food I've ever had in my entire life at a restaurant. I I mean, at a hotel. Everybody talks about this place like it is... Where is it? You fly into Nashville? You fly into Knoxville, Tennessee. There's not not, Nashville. There's not a direct flight from LA, but we stopped in Dallas to see our grandma. Yeah. Um, nice. who is turning 90 and moving into a senior living home, but she looks like she's 45. God, she looks so good. It's so crazy. She's just like so funny. She's and we went so to Mexican food, had margaritas, and she made us laugh. And she's just she's like hilarious. Great. She's just great. Wait, so I'm sorry, go back for a second. You fly LA Knoxville or you no, fly if it flies I don't know. I came from New York. Simon came from LA. He had to fly, but we went to Dallas first. So okay. Dallas, Knoxville. How far is the drive from 30 Knoxville? minutes? Are there horses there? There are horses there. You fly into Knoxville and you drive 30 minutes. It's not that hard. And it's always booked, right? It's very hard to get in. It's 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 booked up a lot. But we found an opening. Wow. All right. Do you think we're boring people? Probably. Okay. Let's All get right. to questions. But okay. anyways, glad you had a good time. I would love to experience Blackberry Farm at some point. Um, okay. Should we start from the very first question or you just want to move around? I think you should pick the most interesting question to you. Do you ever disagree strongly about having a guest on? We have not Mm-mm. yet had – we've been very aligned with all of our episodes. That's true. We have not – there's you've not been, been – You've really embraced all the Jewish stuff I've brought in. I love the Jewish stuff. I appreciate that. Um, 
you know, we'll have to do some Catholic stuff for me. <laughs> You're not Catholic. I'm going to bring in a priest for <laughs> one. Yes, I, I mean, I'm Christian. You are not. There, first of all, there's a difference. Well, Tommy's Catholic. I'm he Christian. Is? Tommy's Catholic. Tommy had like a fucking communion. I could see that. <laughs> Please don't come for the Catholic Church, okay? Um, um, we baptized actually, our you know kids. What? You know what? You, you've never <laughs> baptized your kids. And you know what? I will come for the Catholic Church. But you church. know what? I will say, I, I will say to you, I, I are did- Are you investors in Chroma is a question. We are not investors in Chroma. That's hilarious. I did, um, I, I did go through a, a thought like in the last like couple of years where I was contemplating like going to church and maybe it's temple. I don't know, but- You're just seeking something. Church, church made more sense to me because I want my kids to have- I, I want that for them. I want them to have some sort of like structure, you know? And there's something mm -hmm. about going to church on Sundays where it's like they wake up and they do their hair and they put on a dress and they go and they're with family and they meet other families. And it's like something we do together. And I kind of have gone back and forth with, is there, you know, kind of like a liberal church? Mm -hmm. I don't know. So I do wonder. I get if that. I, I did that. I one time went by myself like 10 years ago. I was like really wanting to feel connected to something. Mm. And I looked up the Agape Church. I remember this. It's like a non-denominational Was it church. in Venice and it was like a lot of singing? It's a lot of singing. It's like by the airport. Yeah, it sounded amazing. Um, and I just like went by myself. And you loved it. I went alone and um, sat with people, strangers, and we like held hands and sang. And yeah, I remember I was just that. searching for something and, and I had a great experience, but I didn't go back because <sighs> I think... I don't know. It was hard for, me, for it to stick for me, but I did. I, I understand that feeling of just wanting something to like yeah. put roots in. You want to yeah. feel grounded, like have some sort of system of faith. And routine and, and you know, that thing where I think of them 20 years down the line being like, and every Sunday we went to church and it was mm -hmm. nice. And we, I loved it. And memory, creating memories. Also, you know, kids want tradition. Kids want tradition. Um, a so lot no. of people want to hear your and Tommy's love story. Do you ever I'm just disagree? letting you know that that's a lot of people's questions? I know, and it is a really, it's a really. Good I'm story. not going to so tell we, it today. Why are we holding out on it? No, it's just I'm not going to tell it today. But I want to tell you guys, it's a crazy. Story. But why won't you tell it today? We have nothing but time. Well, because it's like so long, and maybe maybe Tommy does come on for like to tell the story. Is that an option? I mean, to maybe to tell the story. I don't think he wants to sit with us for two hours. He would definitely be way too bored by that. I just think that we can tell the story. Well, why don't we see about other questions and then... Um, Dealing with friends who have different politics. I'm struggling with that. Also, people asking about the new abortion law in Texas. Let's make my stance clear on that. Uh, I am pro-abortion, and I think that it is inhumane to make girls not be able to have abortions after six weeks when you don't even know you're pregnant yet at six weeks. And if you have been raped or the victim of, and the victim of incest, uh, you are not allowed to get an abortion. And I think it's fucking sexist and, and horrible. Well, listen, a man should not have any say in women's re uh, reproductive rights. Correct. We've, this is a conversation we've had for a thousand years. And until a man wants to um, have another life inside of him, then he should not get to make those decisions. Or if they want to um, 
make Viagra illegal because if it's not part of God's plan for you to be able to have a child, then Whoa. take Viagra out of the mix. God doesn't want you to fuck. Yeah, God exactly. gave you a... If God's plan is for this child to exist right. or not exist, then you should not be able God to use Viagra. made it impossible for you to get a boner. So that's how God wants it. Yep. Also, vasectomies should be illegal. Oh, well, vasectomies shouldn't be illegal. Let's let them cut it off. No, no, no. I agree with all these things. Oh. I'm saying if you do not believe in abortion, then you should not be able to take Viagra or get a vasectomy or do anything. By the way, Wait, that then, is you know hilarious. What? You know what? It's, also, guys... it's also in God's plan for you to be bald. You shouldn't be able to take <laughs> anything. You shouldn't be able to take heart medication. God, you shouldn't be able to take cholesterol medication. You should have to have the heart attack that God intended for you <laughs> and be bald like God intended you to be. Oh my okay? God. Hey, honestly, that's such... All, all those bald ass congressmen, House of Representatives, mm -hmm. they're all on Viagra. I agree. They are all on Viagra. And you know what? You shouldn't be able to watch porn either because if God intended for your wife to be a hot porn star, he would have <laughs> given her to you. Okay? But if your wife is not a hot porn star, you don't get to look at them. <laughs> God didn't give you a hot porn star. No. So then you don't get to jerk off looking at one. <laughs> These fucking creeps. These fucking creeps. Okay, so let's answer some questions here. Okay. <sighs> we are. We don't agree about... Oh, yeah. We never agreed about a guest. And we are against the new Texas law that I think is... Was that a question? Inhumane. Yeah, several people asked that. Really? I think, you know, sometimes people want us to talk about, you know, real things. Do you believe in law of attraction and manifestation? We have talked about this on many episodes. I so wholeheartedly believe in manifestation. I think it works. I think our thoughts are our inner vision board. I truly believe that you create what you think. I believe it. I've, I've, it's, it's happened to me. So what are you creating? No, I've just, uh, in my life, I, I didn't ever operate being aware of that power for many, many, many years. And I think that I'm living the life now that I've kind of always wanted to live in a lot of ways. And I just never even, even. Do you feel like you're able to appreciate it? I think I'm able fully. I mean, are you kidding? I wake up every day and I just go, holy shit, how is this my life? Holy shit, all the suffering in the world. How am I this lucky? I, I feel guilty about how good my life is. I feel guilty about it all the time. That's great. And I I think if you're not, if you are not exercising and practicing manifestation, whether it's you just sitting for five minutes and visualizing the life that you want to have, whether it's literally making a vision board and like like ones that you used to make in freaking, you know, junior high, where you literally just create the, the aesthetic of how you want your life to look. I've done things where I've written letters to myself as if what I want to happen has already happened. Mm -hmm. I've, I've done that and it freaking works. So yes, I am a firm believer in manifestation. Well, one, another question we had was how to get through heartbreak, oh God, heartbreak which is, I think is like the hardest thing to get through because there really is no, um, fix for it. Like no matter how many times people tell you that someone's not good for you or that you're better off without them, when someone has their like hooks into you and you just like want to be with them and they don't want to be with you. <sighs> yeah. Or they break your heart, your heart because of others, you know, outstanding circumstances, location, whatever. 
Um, there's just nothing that painful, I don't think. And I really think that the only thing that gets you through it is time and to distract yourself and push yourself and throw yourself into things that bring you joy or distract you until the feeling just starts to fade away. Which the fa- the feeling definitely does, but of course. But God, I wasted so many years living in this narrative of maybe we'll get back together or like what a waste when a guy tells you he doesn't want to fucking be with you or shows you he doesn't want or to be with shows you. you he doesn't want to be with you take that and run I know it's easier than said find a way to find power in that like I'm telling you easier said than done of course easier said than done but if you can find a way to sit in power over that revelation I'm telling like, if you're oh, getting really if you're getting I'm crumbs, gonna fucking show you I am about to go become the best version of myself I, this is gonna fuel me this is the fuel that I need to go become the best version of my- if someone Thank is you. giving you crumbs Thank instead you. of an entire meal send him you flowers. do not take it it, Thank it is you. not enough. Are we having different conversations? No, I'm just saying this rejection is divine protection. I don't know. This rejection, I'm going to take this and become the best version of myself, the version of myself that is going to make you go, I am such a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. Of course, easier said than done. We can now say that. We've been, we're in long term relationships. I mean, of course, easier said than done. But I just don't want girls listening to that, l- listening to this to waste time. It is valuable. We all do it. We all do it. Valuable. Everybody has done it. And the goal is to make, oh, really just don't talk. All right, go. The goal is to shorten the amount of time that you are suffering over someone as you get older. You don't lengthen the time, you shorten the time. You recover faster. It's all about the recovery. I lost pivotal years in my early 20s, like years that were were robbed from me. But but you're not listening to me. I'm saying you do it when you're younger. The goal is as you get older, that time gets shorter and shorter. You recover faster and faster because you have so many things in your life that pull you in better directions that you can recover better from these things. When you're young, all you have to focus on is the guy that didn't call you back. When you get older, you, you're supposed to fill your life with more things that are fulfilling for you so that you can lean on them in those times. Yeah. And then you can recover faster. I, every, all these years are important years and all these years are important enough to not give them to the person who doesn't deserve you. It's just such a fucking waste. I'm telling you, I think if you can turn that rejection into fuel you're better off. Also, I think you really need to pay attention to the patterns in your relationships because everybody has them. And if you find yourself always going after someone who's emotionally unavailable, always going after someone who is mean to you, always going after someone who makes you feel insecure about yourself, that is not a them problem. That's a you problem. And I remember having to sit in Barbara's office and say, okay, I've dated seven sociopaths who all cheated on me And I found myself in love triangles where I wanted to be picked over the other girl. What is that? What is my part in that? Because these people have nothing in common with each other except for me. I'm the thread. 
why am I choosing these people? You think that you don't know that that's who they're, they're going to be, right? You think like, oh, I just like this nice guy and he asked me out and I had no idea he was going to turn into the same person my last three boyfriends did. But the truth is, is that you see red flags. I saw red flags in all those relationships and I chose to ignore them because I wanted to win. I wanted to master the relationship with the guy that makes me feel like shit. That's whatever, whatever my issue was. You have to look at your own stuff to pull out of it and not find yourself back in that same relationship again. You have got to own your part in it and change the pattern. Well, I think we can probably relate, I'm sure, because everything we can relate back to our childhood, everyone can. But you and I both picked guys who had sort of unfinished business with ex-girlfriends. And we loved this thing of like, I'm going to win. I'm going to get him. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get him to be the guy that he needs to be. You're going to lose and I'm going to win. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that that's traced back to us just wanting our dad's attention. Yeah. I think when you grow up as a kid and you see your dad left your mom to be with this woman, she won over your mom your mom is sad about it. You want to like revenge her Yeah, this woman's like throwing in her face. You see this love triangle and you go, oh, okay, that woman won, that woman lost. I want to be the girl who wins. Mm -hmm. Now that being said, to be clear, we're not like vicious monsters. I've never like cheated on anyone and I've never been like someone's mistress. Or, no. Like, I've never been with a married man who's like cheating with me behind his wife. They've never done anything like that. I'm saying like young relationships where you meet someone and they tell you that they just broke up with their girlfriend, but they're actually completely still with their girlfriend. Well, and they're like that. lying to both of you. Yeah, I've done that where he's like, it's over. We are, we don't even, na, na, na. And it wasn't over. And, mm -hmm. yeah. I dated a guy for too many years, four years, who when I met him, he was like, oh, I'm actually in the, going through a breakup right now. I'm in the process of a breakup. Can I take you to dinner? I said, yeah, great. Love that. I was 23. Like, I don't care about your breakup. Turns out he wasn't actually in L.A. breaking up with his girlfriend. He was in L.A. moving in with his girlfriend. Uh, and that's so then, just psychotic. Yeah, that is psychotic. Well, I said I've dated like seven yeah, sociopaths. That's crazy. That's but when I found the information out, my instinct was not, fuck you, I'm moving on. My instinct was like, wait, but you still want to be with me, right? I think it's also really important. I think we do this thing when you break up, at least I did, where I'd be like, I'm going to show up where he is, looking hot, always acting like I'm having fun. I'm going to stay friends with his friends. I'm going to befriend the friends of his that wanted to be my friend that I never gave a shit about. That is not the route to go. I did that and an ex with an ex-boyfriend 100 years ago. And after the fact, we're totally friends now. He used to, he, he has said to me like, that was so fucking lame how you did that. You would like show up at every club I was at like and like cry in the corner. Like, oh my God. You like why did you do that? Or you would show up and like, you know, when you're like crop top, like gyrating on the dance floor. Like, like it was just so obvious. Here's the thing. People can feel your energy. And if your energy yeah. is desperate and sad, they are going to see you as desperate and sad. When you're trying to get someone's attention... Or when but, you can't guarantee that you aren't going to embarrass yourself, you disappear. That's what he the said to me. The greatest thing he you goes, could do is you disappear. If you had just disappeared, I would have been like, What's where she the doing? fuck is Sarah? What's she doing? Like, Where's wait, she? is she like dating someone else? Is she happy? She's like, fine. She like uh -huh. knows that I come to this club every Thursday. Why is she not here? She's yeah. over me. She doesn't care. He's like, that would have fucked me up if you disappeared. But I, I didn't need to be sad over you because I fucking saw you every night because you showed up <laughs> everywhere, everywhere I, I was. Went. There you were. Literally. By the way, disappearing is such it's a power. good move. It's so powerful to disappear. It's and so by powerful. the way, Instagram makes it so easy to just like, let them know I'm here. Let them know I'm having fun. Let them know I'm at a party. 
By the way, if you end up in the background of someone else's story, yes, fine. Right. Not an obvious way, yeah. but in a very discreet way. But you disappearing and going quiet is the most powerful thing you can do to get someone else's attention. By the way, great, great, great idea. Have your friend maybe be no, in the background of hers. Ob- sometimes that's obvious too. Oh, really? You got to really think these, th- these things through. You got to be, by the way, being disappearing <sighs> is better than being in the background of the video because sometimes that stuff is a little, it's a little obvious. Um, also tips for getting over her embrace. Like we did it. We We did did it. it. Okay. Ember wave is the first wristband that helps you feel cooler or warmer at the press of a button. Simon and I always have like a a temperature battle because when he gets out of the shower tonight, he is so hot. He like can't cool down and then he makes the house freezing and it's like we're always having temperature wars. But when you're too cold, it stresses you out. When you're too hot, it stresses you out. I mean, it truly can like mess with you mentally. So the idea that you can wear this smart wristband and literally cool yourself down, like the same thing as running your wrists under cold water, which is very effective or an ice cube to your wrist or putting your hand around like a warmer cold drink or soaking in a hot bath or being in a sauna that can give you that sensation. The number one thing I go to is hot flashes. Think about all the people that complain that they feel like they're going insane and wearing this wristband device can completely handle your hot flashes. Like what? Yeah, it's pretty remarkable what it does. Yeah, this is amazing. Okay, so you can try Ember Wave risk-free for 30 days. Ember is offering our listeners $50 off. To get this limited time offer, go to emberwave.com slash foster. That is E-M-B-R wave.com slash foster. And the discount will automatically be applied at checkout. $50 off your first order today. Go to emberwave.com slash foster, E-M-B-R wave.com slash foster. I feel so different when I eat anti-inflammatory foods. And that is the basis of Saqqara's whole ethos is clean, plant-rich, ready-to-eat meals that nourish your body with whole organic ingredients. Just the idea of ready-to-eat organic meals that are just already there. They're also plant based. There's never meat in them. Look, the reality is what you put in your body is a true reflection of how you feel. And now is the best time. Get on a health kick. Do it a couple times a week. See how you feel. You will feel different. Saqqara food is so colorful and it looks so beautiful. And they're very creative with their um, recipes. So I'm always like fascinated with what I'm going to get. They also have supplements and like herbal teas that people are obsessed with. I love their detox tea. And they have that like metabolism super powder and Mm -hmm. and super bar that controls sugar cravings and reduces your bloating and gives you more energy. And this is a company that has really done their research and they are truly focused on like optimal, optimal living. So right now, Saqqara is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to sakara.com slash foster, or you can enter the code foster at checkout. That is sakara.com S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash foster to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash foster. Highly recommend. 20% off is good. Oh my God. Someone's saying tips for a 27 year old who's the only single friend in her group. I feel like a total loser. Oh You're my God. 27. Please. 
Oh my God, don't even stress. Be like grateful that you are single. I want you to be single at 27. Unless you're fully with the person you're going to be with forever, please be single at 27. It's the the greatest years of your life. Okay, this girl says, I do not feel confident without makeup on. You guys kill the no makeup look. How can I? Well, first of all, it's good skincare. That we, I wore makeup. I was the girl that woke up and put makeup on before my boyfriend would wake up because I was so afraid to, for him to see me without makeup because I would have zits. Like mm-hmm. I had a lot of zits on my chin and on my forehead. I would wake up before he did to fully put concealer on. Mm-hmm. That's like in an episode of um, Bridesmaids. She did that. Really oh, funny. really? Um, well, I did that for real. You got to take, you got to start, you got to start from within, first of all. Like I do think that well, you're- Well, when you're younger- you you have a harder time with this for sure. In my 20s, I wore like eyeliner everywhere I went. I wore eyeliner and mascara and like full makeup. I always wore makeup. I was so scared to not wear makeup. And I really think that there's like a gift as you get older, you become more comfortable in your skin. And there are times that like, like for instance, Sarah said, good skincare. If you take care of your hair, you take care of your skin, you take care of your nails, you take care of all the like natural necessities on your body to be like a well-kept person. But after that, Finding a way to like embrace your natural beauty, not wearing fake eyelashes, not having like fucked up injected lips and shit, like really and truly trying to embrace what your natural face looks like. I'm in such a good place with my face. It's so funny though. A lot of guys prefer girls uh, who don't have cakey foundation on. Like guys that I talk to, they're like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. like she looks so much better without makeup. That's what you guys don't get is behind your backs. They're saying, oh God, but it's so much makeup. She looks so much better without it. I promise you, you are prettier without it. Even though you don't think you are, I promise you, you are. Now I understand if you have skin problems, if you have acne or rosacea or things like that that make you insecure. Those are issues you need to deal with. I will I will tell you right now, with microneedling and with all these new things that you can do, you can clear your acne. Work on your skin. I suggest microneedling. Also, I skin think- health has a lot to do with hormones and diet and like eating clean. Like you got to- And like your it's, gut. It's, it's Everyone all stuff coming from the inside out. It's true. It's very- You it's should very all, much gut all. health related. So taking care of yourself in all those ways and- Presenting yourself as confident, it really makes a difference in how you feel. And there's nothing more attractive than a girl that is comfortable in her own skin. That is more important than the right But I understand that it's hard to be comfortable in your own skin if your skin is not in a good place. I highly recommend- You're really obsessing over the skin. Well, because- I don't think this girl is saying, I have bad skin. She's just saying like, I'm not confident without makeup on. Okay. And I'm just telling you, you can literally- change your skin with good products and with good treatments. Not like- Well, I'm saying you can change your skin with a good diet and being healthy. Okay. Well, you guys can look at both of our skins and decide whose advice you want to take. Great. Go- I'm very confident in that that race. Do a deep dive. Let us know whose skin tips you would prefer. Okay. Okay. My my photos are less filtered, so. Oh, thank you. I actually have great skin. People tell me all the time in person how I didn't say you had bad skin. You're the one who's trying to like compete over better skin. skin. You you were you were making a slight at me by saying, "Okay, guys, why don't you look at both of our skin?" But and why then in decide? that moment can't you be like, "Yeah, you really do have great skin"? Because why does it have to be a competition? It's not a competition. We both have. I am just giving my pointers on great skin, and you are. But wanting- I don't think you have better skin than I do. Okay. Okay, see that energy you just brought, that like passive aggressive. It's okay. not passive aggressive. I'm just I'm okay. Just- so then just say what you're trying to say. You think you have better skin than me. What's wrong with my I skin? Think I have great skin. I, you have great skin. I'm just more passionate about skin. So I am, I think, more up to date on the ways to make skin better. You've done like one treatment. 
Okay. I might be less obsessed with skin. You don't have, but I you're also, not that informed. But I was also gifted with naturally good skin. Okay. Well, we're talking to people who might not be gifted with naturally good skin. That's not the point. Okay. Let's move on. Okay. You can DM if you want to take this conversation further, people. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. This is a question for you, I guess. How do you get out of the friend zone if he doesn't know <laughs> and isn't making the first move? I'll let you go. Take that one. Listen, there, there is a lot of talk about the friend zone and how it is impossible to get out of the friend yeah, zone. Yeah, but I'm a firm believer and friendship is the basis of all healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a believer in that. I've been friends with every guy but I've been with. A lot of guys know that once they get put in the friend zone, there is no coming out of it. But I will say- I disagree with that. The best way to get out of the friend zone is to not try to be with them and to do your own thing, date other people, be happy and take pressure out of the relationship. There's nothing more attractive than when someone looks across the room and goes, shit, why didn't I ever notice that she's so happy and fun and confident and relaxed around me and you know excited about this date that she's going on with somebody else? Like that's what- catches somebody's attention. I think that when whenever we want something really bad and we're trying to force it, we we strangle it and it's like there's nothing less attractive than someone that is like desperate and trying to make something happen. So taking the pressure off of something and focusing your energy somewhere else usually is the best way to get someone's attention. I just don't believe in this idea that you can never get out of the friend zone. I feel like if anything, I know a lot of couples where where you realize because of your deep friendship, holy shit, like, are we in love? I think the sex goes away at some point. I mean, it doesn't go away, but it shifts and it changes. Like if you don't have that friendship, you don't have anything. So I don't, I guess I've just so not, you know, Honestly, well- you give me relationship advice is so stupid because you've like never dated and you've been with the same person for a hundred years. Yeah, but we started out as friends. No, you didn't. We did. Sarah, that is not true. That we didn't is bullshit. Even, we didn't hook up for but literally six months. Either tell the whole story or don't tell the whole story, okay, but you did not, not start as friends. I'm not going to tell the whole it story. It started romantic and it was always romantic. No, that's not true. 100% true. It's not true. I would love to tell the story, but you won't let me for some reason. All right. Well, I just don't believe in this that you can't get out of the friend zone thing. I think that's not true. Okay. Well, it seems very triggering for you. Did you, are you like stuck in a friend zone right now and you're trying to get out or something? You want to believe you can get out? Because <laughs> you're like really sensitive about it. No, but is it is it a girl feeling she's friends with the guy or is it the girl liking the guy but they're just friends? What's the... What's the difference? What did you just say? Like you were saying if a girl puts the guy in the friend zone. Yeah, that happens more often than, than the reverse because guys are like, you know, they want to have sex with everybody and everything. Yeah, but I also think persistence works. I know girls oh, who- Oh, no, no, no. This who, is bad advice. No, who get- who can Don't like, listen to Sarah's advice. No, but you can get really worn down. I mean, girls are suckers for a guy that's just freaking devoted. There's something about devotion that sometimes makes you go, oh, shit. Okay, maybe I'll take a second look. When a guy is so- like adamant, like I Confident like Confident and persistent. Confident, persistent. Like I want to be with you. That can really wear you down. Like I have friends who are like, I wasn't into him at all, but he was so persistent that I was like, okay, like let's see. Okay. Yeah. I guess that's true. Thank you. All right. I guess that is true. Aside from Instagram, how would you reach out to professionals you admire and ask for mentorship. Look, we've I don't know. Do you want to get into that one? Well, we've said before that Instagram is obviously 
you know, so beneficial because you can essentially get to anyone, assuming people read, you know, direct messages. A girl, a girl messaged me today, actually, and pitched me her business plan and said, can I send you my deck? We're, you know, doing a fundraise and I'd love for you You're to be part of it. You're going to get a lot of decks sent to you now. And I said, send me your deck. I really don't say that a lot, but I said, send me your deck. I have the deck in in my uh, DMs right now. So obviously that's a great way to pitch your business or meet mentors. We're also firm believers in the, you know, oh, when it's not COVID. We love networking events. Networking events work. I can't tell you all the stories of people that I admire and respect who have made some of their most pivotal deals at networking events. My, what, a buddy of ours who we- who? huh. Who? I'm not going to say names. Oh. Um, a buddy of ours right now um, is, he invested in this deal super early on, met the guy at a networking event. This is going to turn out to be his fund's, um, I think, biggest return. It's some like 20X return or some, maybe even more. Give us some more details. I'm not going to give you the details, but they met at a networking event. I said, how did you get into that deal so early? He goes, we met at a networking event. Third Love makes great bras, great underwear, and pajamas. I wear the like sports bra. It's like a triangle sports bra, navy blue. I wear it all the time. It makes my boobs look really good and perky. I love, no pun intended, their stuff so much. I didn't realize that I was wearing the wrong size bra basically my entire life. I mean, I did get my boobs done five years ago, so it changed. But I was always wearing a bra that did not fit me. And there's like a fitting room quiz that anyone can take, like a personal shopper, but better. It's like an interactive quiz. And it literally will tell you your ex the exact bra you should be wearing. Mm -hmm. it, it, you, you enter in your bra, sh your boob shape and your current fit issues and your personal style. And then they deliver bras and underwear that are perfect for exactly your style, your body, your shape. And uh, they have helped 18 million women find their true bra size, which is pretty impressive. The t-shirt bras are, they're just next level. Yeah, they're so comfortable and like technically good, but also look cute. So Third Love knows that you deserve to feel comfortable and confident 24-7. Right now, they're offering our listeners 20% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash foster now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 20% off your first purchase. That is thirdlove, T-H-I-R-D, love.com slash foster for 20% off. You should really take advantage of this code. I'm telling you, get the t-shirt bra, get, start with that, in my opinion. I mean, depending on the size you are, um, you got to take advantage of this. You will not regret it. If you don't know about Zen Water by now, you are clearly not a loyal listener to this podcast. Um, we talk about Zen Water all the time. It is the first and only beverage in a bottle made from 100% recycled certified ocean-bound plastic. That means all the plastic that is on the way to the ocean to pollute it is being rescued and turned into these bottles. It is also alkaline water. It's with a delicious water. It has a pH of 9.5. It tastes so good. It is crisp and clean, vapor distilled, alkaline hydration, and it also helps the world um, be cleaner. It's really amazing. If you see it in the shelves, pick this water over a different water because it tastes better and it is also helping to 
clean up the ocean, which is a very important issue. They are on track to achieving its mission of rescuing 50 million pounds of ocean-bound plastic by 2025. 50 million pounds. We love Zen Water. So you can buy Zen Water online at zenwater.com. That is Z-E-N-W-T-R.com. And they are giving our listeners a special discount to try Zen Water if you go to zenwater.com slash first podcast and save 20% on your orders. That is Z-E-N-W-T-R.com slash first podcast. All right, we had to take a little pause because Erin is very busy. She has a lot of people coming in and out of this house. We're back. Well, Allison the person in- who came in was my husband who lives here. There are other people that came. A notary came. Yeah. And um, Allison is in a storm. Our lovely producer who makes all these episodes sound decent. Uh, By the way, is it's in a storm. important for people to know that, you know... Writing a, a review on this podcast is very helpful for us. Like oh. a, a positive one, not a negative but one. But is it hel- it is helpful, right? It because is because people helpful. read those. Yeah. And they also it like helps push your podcast up to the front of the of the ratings and Should stuff. Should we read our reviews on an episode? I think it'd be really funny to read like that neg- was negative reviews about ourselves. Montana's idea. I know. Who is a producer on this podcast? She also runs our life. You probably know her from our stories. Or Sarah's trip to Italy. She is the glue that holds this whole operation together if she ever quit, which 100%, we've always said it, she should be Beyonce's right-hand woman. We do not deserve anyway, her. Anyway, we threatened her, obviously, We've threatened times. her. If she leaves the operation, we are fucked. Like, actually fucked. Yeah, you for sure are. Well, you are too. Yeah, so, that's true. So it was her idea that we should reread the reviews. That the, could be interesting. But like the bad reviews. Like reading insults about ourselves. Like Jimmy Kimmel's mean tweets. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to encourage people to write more bad reviews so that, that we write so that we say them out loud and make them funny. Also, who takes the time to listen to our podcast and then write a mean review? If I listen- You're like a real hater. Yeah. But I mean, like a, I'm, not like a, I'm not like a Yelp person. Like I don't do Yelp reviews. But if I was that person and I listened to a podcast that just annoyed the hell out of me and I just couldn't stand us, I'd be like, I'm going to let them know. Oh, so you stand behind the people that are writing mean reviews. I mean, I'm not, I don't agree with them, obviously, because they don't like us, but, um, but I get it. It's so funny because I am someone (laughs) who needs constant validation and I haven't looked at reviews. This is a review. One star. Oh, one out of five. Okay. Hard to take you seriously when you still eat meat. 2021. (laughs) Well, that's hurtful. Well, vegans aren't fans of ours, I guess. Okay. I mean, my 10 year old's a vegan. Does that... Does that help yeah, us with that person? There's air quotes around her being a vegan. She's a vegan and I took her to Mexican food on Friday night and she ate a cheese enchilada. Right. Well, but she she will not go near meat. And then she basically never eats dairy. So that's a real... I also made her eggs. She ate that too. She did? Yep. Are you serious? Yeah. Made her an egg on hash browns. Loved it. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. so interesting. She's very fickle. She hasn't gone near an egg with me for like years. Because you tell her how gross they are. Ugh. All right, continue. Well, this is going back to you being... Yeah, you spread... You like plant negativity around food with your kids oh but it is funny i've not looked at one review it's not like you it's not like me i like to think that sarah's personality yeah you would read the negative reviews i'll be honest over them find out where that person lives and then go kill them show up at their house and be like i just need to understand what about me you find annoying okay i have to be honest i think i only didn't go look for them because i didn't know they existed (laughs) i didn't know people were now that you know it's right up your alley yeah 
Ooh, what are each of your morning routines? Well, my morning is a shit show. And Erin knows because she just stayed at my house for a few days. My mornings yeah, are... Uh, are you going to give you any credit at all for staying at your house for three days and, and babysitting your kids? I didn't know you were going to do that. What do you a, mean? I have a nanny. I just didn't think she yeah, did Your kids wanted to have a family around. They I, stayed at I my know. house by themselves yeah. with me and Simon Friday night. Yeah. Then the next day they were like, Auntie, we want you to be with us, that's but we so, want to stay no, at our house. And that's so nice. I was genuinely shocked when I walked in and saw you there in my clothes. What? I didn't, I did not. I wasn't like wearing your dress. I was wearing a sweatshirt of yours because I got out of the shower and someone in your house like misplaced my sweatshirt that I was wearing. You were also wearing my robe last night, which was really crazy. Well, I got out of the shower and my pajamas were in another room and I didn't want to walk through your house in a row. I know, but you don't there. like grab people's robes. That's a very personal thing. I mean, I had no problem doing it. You really didn't. I mean, I was shocked looking up and seeing that. I had just been freshly showered. It was very clean. <sighs> okay. What are your morning routines? My morning routine is I... <laughs> Hold on. I just found a review. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> One star. Aaron is now the cool girl. Sarah is annoying and a wannabe. <laughs> Oh my God. Did you write that? I feel like you wrote that. <laughs> oh, I didn't write it. Someone else did. Okay. But you I'm, know what? I'm not, I'm upset with this person because oh, they, they wrote gave it one star. But what about me? Don't I get five stars? They wrote it May 21st. So we're going to look up where I was after on that day? our first episode. I think you wrote that. Okay. I'm annoying and I want to be. <laughs> All right. I'll take it. I don't disagree. I'll take it. Yeah, take it on the chin. I'm going to just take it on the chin, and I'm going to better myself. I'll take, you know what? I'll take that as constructive criticism. I will try to be less annoying and less of a wannabe. Right? So maybe just play it a little cooler. Yeah. Don't try so hard. Don't be such a tryhard. Uh, okay, can I get back to my morning routine? Okay. I mean, sure. Well, that was a question. I wake up. One person wants to know our morning routine, and we're going to bore thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of people. All right, I'll make it quick. I'm not the person that wakes up and works out. Every, literally every day I think, I'm going to be that person. I'm going to set my alarm for 5.30, and I'm going to get up, and I'm going to go for a run, and I'm going to lift weights you in my garage. you're going to go for a run. I always have that thought. No, like a run in my garage. Um, oh. <laughs> um, not outdoors in the freaking dark. Are you <laughs> crazy? Elements? No, no, no. No, 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 no. Um, and I never do it. So I wake up like 6.45, I go downstairs, I take my 400 vitamins, and then I make my coffee. On an empty stomach? Well, I take liquid vitamins. Okay. All my, all my Doesn't make you nauseous. No, all my vitamins are liquid. Um, and then I start making school lunches, and then I go upstairs, and I wake the kids up around 7, and then I make I their breakfast. I actually say at your house, they wake themselves up. You don't wake them up. They wake themselves well, up. Well, that is a new thing that they've been waking v themselves up. V sets her own alarm to like do her hair at 6.30 in the morning. V does, has a, she has her whole routine. Oh yeah. Which is- Her routine would be a whole episode. Her whole routine is more complicated than my routine. Mm -hmm. I brush my teeth. I don't even like wash my face in the mm -hmm. morning. She, she- Josie though, I had to peel her out of bed one morning for sure. Yeah. They're it, listen, my kids literally need 12 hours of sleep. My kids, if they go to bed at 8.45, they're tired in the morning. They need to be asleep by eight, my kids. Um, it's crazy. She has some friends who go to bed at like 11 o'clock and then they're fit for school. That makes no sense to me, but mm -hmm. my kids really need sleep. Um, and then it's usually very hectic. We don't like sit down and all have breakfast together. We're all running all over the place. A lot just, of screaming. A lot of screaming, a lot of yelling, just trying not to be late for school. And now because of COVID, they go to school 30 minutes apart. So it's really 
Okay. Yeah, I learned that. They not only they yeah. start 30 minutes apart, but then they end at the same school an 40, hour and 20 minutes apart. An hour apart. It's such a disaster. I know the school's doing their best, but it's really stupid. You do two different pickups. I hate it. It sucks. And uh, But I am grateful they're at least in school. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then I both kids are gone uh, at school by 845, and then my day starts. Beautiful. Yeah, that's my morning routine. Yours? Well, I wake up at 8. Not six forty-five. Yeah, um, which in our world, in our circle of friends, is, is looked at as very late. My friends think I wake up so late, and I and I, you know, sometimes feel shame about that because people are always like, you know, texting me at seven a.m. and I'm not up yet. But you know what? I'm allowed to wake up whatever time I want. And if you don't have kids waking you up at six thirty or six forty-five, you don't need to be wake up, be awake before eight a.m. So I have leaned in to being an eight a.m. riser, and I feel fine about it. Yeah, but you know what? In your defense, I will say, I was asleep last night by 9.30. You were up writing until 11.30. Mm-hmm. So because you don't have kids yet, you stay up late and you're working while all your friends who are judging you are sleeping or whatever. So you stay up late to do all those things because you can. Because, listen, yeah. if I didn't have kids, I'm not trying to wake up at 6.45. And I'm not always up till 11.30 um, writing. Sometimes I'm up till 1 in the morning watching Shaws of Sunset. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. always doing something important. Right. Sometimes I'm just, I like... Uh, Shaw's a sunset. That's some real critically acclaimed television, huh? Simon got me into it. And now we're really into it. We just watched the reunion. It was very fun mm. to watch. Um, I finished White Lotus. Oh, I'm actually still on my morning routine. Oh, okay. Yeah. That actually was the night before, but I'm getting to the morning. Okay. 8 a.m., rise and shine. Mm-hmm. And um, I like to wake up to the alarm. Um, I think it's Hillside. Is the alarm sound that I find the least intrusive? Well, now Simon's up brain. before you, right? Because he's like at the office by eight. I feel like Simon's basically at the office by the time I wake up. Right. He wakes. He goes to bed late and wakes up early and just is fine. Right. Okay. I'm going to show you the alarm that I like to wake up to. I think that this is on the iPhone. The least intrusive alarm is Hillside because every alarm, no matter what it is, it's like huh, it like jolts you. Yeah. This one does not jolt you. Ready? Okay. Hillside. Ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, do you like it? You know what's crazy? I don't use an alarm to wake up. I just wake up. Oh, okay. All right, so I wake up to Hillside. Get up, I brush my teeth, I wash my face, I pee. Okay, this isn't... Then <laughs> It's the same thing you did. Well, I'm not talking about peeing. Okay, I didn't say, well, and then I stop, and I pull my pants down, right, and I take well, a pee. When I wake up in the morning, like, I'm, al- I'm alone in the house, like, so it's very quiet. I'm, I wake up pretty much alone. <gasps> Simon's usually gone already. Uh-huh. And I just have the house to myself. I just do my own thing. Well, first, the first thing I do after brushing my teeth and washing my face is I go and I turn the air conditioning You're off. You're not supposed to wash your face in Simon, the morning. I just rinse with water, Sarah. Thank you. Just rinse with water and then put serums on and the moisturizers. Mm-hmm. Then I go and I turn the air conditioning off because Simon. It's a nightmare. It's fr- I, I need a parka just sitting in your house. Yeah. But I like to sleep in the cold. Simon puts it very, very low, sometimes to 64, 65, 66, 67, in that range. I'm happy to sleep in the cold, but the rule is he can't turn it on before (sighs) we get into bed. Because when I'm still walking around the house, he can't turn it on yet. But then the problem is- Does he abide by that rule? So you have that rule and he listens. Yes. But he would prefer it to be cold. Like It's a battle. It's We have temperature battles for sure. Yeah. And- 
every time he gets out of the shower at night, he is like scolding hot for like an hour and a half. Like he cannot cool off after his shower. When I get out of the shower, I'm cold. By the way, there's nothing worse than waking up to a cold house. Tommy has it also on 65 and it's freezing and I don't want to get out of bed well, in actually, the morning. your house is way too hot. I actually had to open a window and I slept there last night because it's way too hot. You sleep at like 72 or 74, which is insane. I sleep at 71. Well, it's too hot in there. I think you should sleep at 68, make the house cold. But then once you get up in the morning, then you want to make it warm again. It gives me a sore throat. So I go in and like shiver my way into the hallway and turn the AC off because it's still freezing cold. And I make my mud water and I sit down and I try to look, start looking through emails. But it's very peaceful for me in the morning because there's nobody like screaming or yelling or anything. It's very calm. I put music on sometimes too. Oh, I know. It sounds, I, you know what I miss? I miss waking up and putting on the news because Tommy's always like, you're not allowed to have the news on because it's depressing for the kids. And it is depressing for kids. And it's inappropriate. It's and scary. I'm like, look, they need to learn about, you know, local homicides. I don't shootings, think they do. But, you know, I don't think they do. So he doesn't let me put the news on. I agree with that. But them. I love the news. I love my channel too with Gail King. Team Tommy. Love my Gail King. Well, in the you can watch like a like a like what's the fourth hour? I'm at work at the fourth hour. I'm not but home I'm just on saying the fourth that hour. kind of news is they don't have that though at six forty five to seven thirty. Yeah, you got to give up the news. It's too depressing. It's hard hitting topics between six forty five and seven thirty. No, those are too hard hitting for the for kids. Protect your kids for once, okay? It's too much for them. I know, but what about me? No, you're always about you. You are in the number one game. You are in the all about me game. All right, I'm loving White Lotus. Finish that. Oh, I oh, we're done. Okay. Uh, loved season one of Ted Lasso on. It's just Ted Lasso, oh. not. It's not Ted. La it's not Ted Lasso. It's just Ted Lasso. I'm not you. It's like you understand that I know that you're really triggered by mom. And I need you to understand how much you are like her because you are similar to her where you cannot say anyone's name properly or any title properly. That's such a lie. It is so true. All right. You well, I'm not Ted loving Lasso. the second season of Tad Lasso. <laughs> Tad Lasso. I love Tad Lasso. I love the first season. Second season, I'm struggling with a little bit. Okay, well, I really like the first season. I haven't watched the second season. Loved White Lotus. Love White Lotus. Loved White Lotus. So Just... Uh, uh, met the girl that's the daughter, Sydney. Great girl. Ooh, name drop. Love. Great girl. Really enjoyed her. Um, okay, second question. How do you... Oh, career advice. How do you know whether to give up or to give something more time? That's a hard one because on one hand, you're supposed to never give up. On one hand, you're supposed to keep pushing through pushing that rock in a barrel up the hill until you get there. But then on the other hand, you need to know when to stop and go, you know what? This is not working. I need to try something new. So how do you find that line? I think there's a lot of power in realizing that something's not working. There's nothing more scary than change. It's so no. easy to just stay exactly where you are. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you wake up 20 years later and you're like, what the fuck? Why didn't I ever no. pick up and move to New York? Why didn't I ever get a different job? Yeah. Why Cruising didn't I ever on autopilot is way easier. It's just so easy. So I think that you should skew towards, except for Montana. Montana, if you're considering this, don't listen to this advice right now. Okay, stay exactly Ear where muffs. you are. Stay exactly where you are. Put earmuffs on. But I think that instead of staying in the same place, you should evolve out of it and you should tr test yourself and do something scary. It's really important as a person to like force yourself into uncomfortable situations to challenge yourself. That's how you grow. And then you learn and then it's hard and it's uncomfortable and it makes you better for it. Yeah. I don't know. I've, uh, I'm a pound the pavement kind of girl. 
I like just sitting there and perfecting it, you know? I don't know if that's how you are. I don't know if that's good advice. I don't think that's even who you are. That's not good. Well, it is who I am. What do you mean? I've been doing the same shit forever. Oh, yeah. You are definitely a creature of habit. You should have moved on from a lot of things at this point. Oh, Oh, yeah. You really just stay in one spot. I literally, I'm like the person, like, I'll keep a bad, I'll keep like a horrible agent who like doesn't even return my call forever because I just don't want to have the conversation of like, you know what? It's not working. Even though he would be thrilled for me to say, I'm leaving you. He's like, I thought you left five years ago. Yeah, he's literally like, this is my dream that you're firing me. He's like, I didn't know we still worked together. But I'm too scared. <laughs> but I'm too scared to do it. You're like, you know what, Ned? It is time to have the conversation. Like, I'm leaving. Are you, you 95, Ned? What is? I'm trying to think of a person we don't know. <laughs> anyway, you killed my joke, and then he was like, you know, I didn't know I was still your agent. Oh, okay. How do you bring yourself out of a bad mood? That's hard. That is so hard. It is so. Hard to do. It's addicting to be in a bad mood. It's addicting to be in a bad mood. And I hate when people are like, do you meditate? It's like, you know what? Think about what you're grateful for. Go fuck yourself. I'm in a bad mood. Listen, I do believe that sitting in gratitude can help you. I really do. I think the power of tapping into all the the blessings in your life and all that you should be grateful for, that can put things into perspective. Uh, And it can shift your mood. That's too hard to do. I think something more practical is better. I think that you literally get up. You close your computer or you put your phone I down. I think and you go for a walk. you just change the, you completely Geographic. change the trajectory. You yeah. go, okay, I'm going for a walk or okay, I'm going to put on music mm. and I'm going to like draw or I'm going to, you know, go put this piece of furniture together. Or I'm going to go organize my closet. You do something to get your mind out of it. You have to like break the cycle of the repetitive thoughts in your mind, continuously telling you that you should be mad at that person, mad at the world or pissed about this thing or, you know, resentful at this thing. And you have to like, literally snap yourself out of it. By the way, there's podcasts for everything. I think put on your headphones, go out for a walk, walk around the block and put on a podcast. Search the thing that you're needing to hear in that moment and you will find someone else who's going- Or watch a TV show that'll make you laugh. Oh, well, that's always great. But, you know, it's not everybody has access to like a TV show at that moment. A lot of people are at work or driving. is a privileged thing to offer people. No, but not everybody is lucky enough for their bad mood to hit right at the perfect time when you're like home and can put on a TV show. You told them to take show. a walk. You think you can just walk out of your office and go for a walk? Of course you can. You can go for a walk. You can go for a walk, but you can't watch TV. I don't think that's true. You can't just go for a walk when you're at it's work. It's easier to go for a walk. You have walking is more accessible. Disagree. Than TV. You're you're at your computer. You can put a TV show on at your computer, but you can't just go for a walk in the middle of your job. Your boss says, "What are you doing?" You go, "Oh, I'm in a bad mood. I'm going for a walk." Well, nowadays you're allowed to say that because they're not allowed to say anything. You can say, you don't care about my mental health. True. So you actually can say for myself, for my mental health, I need to take a minute. You're right. But you know what? The attitude, the attitude, the energy you're bringing to that is not the right appropriate energy because people should be able to take But you're allowed to advocate yourself in the workplace. You're allowed to advocate Advocate for yourself yourself. more in the workplace now than you ever have been. It used to be that you couldn't go to HR and say, I'm overworked, I'm tired, I don't know what to do because they'd fire you. Now you go to HR and you complain about that, they're going to take you seriously. And they're going to say, let's find a way to help you not feel like that Mm -hmm. instead of saying, maybe this isn't the right job for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Tips for an introvert homebody concerning dating. Oh, that's tough because you do have to put yourself out there. Or you have to like go somewhere where you're going to run into someone. Yeah, or you got the apps. Oh. Nowadays, you can fully get to know somebody. All these apps yeah, have- Yeah, go online. You can FaceTime now in some of these apps to, to meet somebody. I mean, if you're not, if you are not, we did a whole episode about online dating. If you are not utilizing online dating, I don't know what to tell you. It's all it's all right there. Like your person is, it's it's there. 
You got to just put yourself out there. Put yourself out there. Also, be real about who you are. If you're an introvert and you're shy and you're awkward, then present yourself that way. Because someone's going to find it really cute and endearing. Um, What are some career paths you would be interested in other than what you currently do? Mm, I'd want to be a therapist. You'd be such an annoying judgmental therapist. I feel like you'd like judge your patients. Mm, Probably. But there might be... Okay, maybe I'm a life coach because a life coach can give feedback. Hmm. Okay. But that doesn't sound like something I should do. Um, Therapist. Okay. I would be maybe like a stockbroker or a realtor. You should like run a studio or something. Oh, you'd be a great realtor. I'd be a really good realtor. I mean, really anything with working with people, though, would not be great for you. (laughs) Um, So I don't recommend anything where there's a regular um, interaction with people. Okay. So I need something Something like behind the scenes. Okay. Not in front of the scenes. Oh, okay. You know, what kind of job would that be? I just am picturing you as a Like a mime, a meme. And someone being like, you know, okay, I want to see that house between two and three. You're like, yeah, that's just like doesn't work for me. <laughs> but I could be there like on Friday at four and they're like, that doesn't work for me. And you're like, but it doesn't work for me. <laughs> like you just be in the, you're just in the me business. Right. Okay. So, so real it. Or like they're at the house at three and you're there like 317. <laughs> and they're like, uh, where are you, Sarah? You're like, oh my God, you're so intense about this. I'm literally like around the corner as you like walk out your front door. <laughs> <laughs> that's you as a realtor. <laughs> So I don't know if you get a lot of return business. Okay. You wouldn't get a lot of repeat business. Right. Okay. So what else could I do? But you'd be really good at... um, I think stockbroker. Wait, what are the other things that you're good at? Because there's a lot of other things that are really random that you're good at. Oh. Water skier? I could be a professional water skier. Something athletic you could do, but you don't have the discipline, do you? Do you have the discipline to be a professional water skier? I don't know. You get up on one ski and call me. I mean, you need a lot of discipline I to mean, learn. Congrats on doing it once. How to but do can that. you do it, it multiple can times? Can you do it for 15 years in a row, five days a week? Yeah, it gets so good. Okay. Okay. There, you know, I could be in the horse business. I could be a breeder. Okay. Is that like frowned upon at all, being a horse breeder? No. Like dog breeding? No. Oh, okay. Because you don't really like rescue horses, I guess, right? No. Okay. Can you talk about how you handle finances in your relationship? Because that is a hot topic. That is a really spicy, spicy hot topic. And I think that finances are a huge issue in people's relationships. I think it's really a very um, tough thing to navigate, right? Because money is a very loaded Well, I think there's two big factors that make it complicated in a relationship. One is if both people come from very different backgrounds financially, Mm-hmm. Like if they if they're coming to the table with very from different very different places financially, one person has a lot more money than the other, or one person's making a lot more than the other. Okay, that's the first big issue. The second big big issue is if you guys handle money very differently. One person's a real big spender, the other person is really frugal. That becomes really challenging. So I am in a relationship that doesn't have either of those factors. Simon and I both have similar finances, so there's not one person that's like out breadwinning the other person. So we, mm-hmm. we just share everything mm-hmm. and split everything. But historically or, it's looked... Oh, I was in the middle of sentence. Oh. And then the second is that we don't spend differently. Simon and I both want to spend money on the exact same things, experiences. We want to spend money on like traveling nicely, staying in a nice hotel room, but neither of us care about like buying stuff. Yeah. We're never shopping. You guys are very aligned on how you spend money. Yeah. So it's never which an issue. Is, which is rare. Can I just say, we have never had a fight about money. Never, not one fight about money. And we do not have a prenup. Well, you've been married for like a year, but that's great. 
we've been together for three and a half years. Right, but you've been splitting finances for a year and a half. Well, no, we've been Two splitting years. things. Just saying, call me in 15 years. Okay, but it doesn't all lead to some miserable place. No, where you of course money. not. But I'm just saying things get more complicated as you have kids and as your life grows and you buy a new house and things do get complicated. But I will say that I could, I would not be surprised if it never becomes an issue for you and Simon because you guys are very, very, very evenly matched when it comes to the things you care about and your values. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Um, so what about you? But why is it more of a... It's it's just historically not as big of a problem when the guy makes more money than the woman. But when the woman makes more money than the guy, it is like, oh, God, <laughs> how will they last? How will they be able to sustain this? I think it just t- it goes back to that old that old thing where we're so conditioned to like the man is the hunter and we are the mm-hmm. gatherer and the man, you know, and I don't think that's fair. So what you would you be comfortable in a relationship where you made a lot more money than the guy? I think I would. You do? I think I would. Just to be clear, I disagree. I do not think that would work for you. I cannot see you being with somebody who didn't work hard. I would not be okay being with someone who like golfs all day and I wouldn't be okay with that, but I'd be okay with somebody who wakes up and is hardworking and motivated, but isn't making a ton of money. I think I would. I don't think you would. Okay. But I will say that there are different factors here. One is what the person's doing with their time, right? Like you say, golfing all day. Like that person could have a lot of money, but they're golfing all day. And that's just not inspiring to be with. If you are a person who is chasing their dreams, getting up, hustling, working hard, coming home with interesting stories of your day, interesting meetings you had that you're excited about, interesting projects that you got off the ground. It's hard to be with someone who doesn't have that same passion for what they're doing. Being with someone who's ambitious and excited about their work is infectious in a relationship. And I think it's just really hard when one person is experiencing that and the other person is not. Do you think women need to be more stimulated than men? Because I feel like a lot of my girlfriends are like, like, they're like, I just, I'm not stimulated enough. We don't talk about politics and foreign policy and the world and life. Like we don't talk about these things. Like he comes home from work and he just like puts the game on and like very successful. Yes, I think a lot of guys but I think are a lot of guys girl are that ha- doesn't talk exactly. about their work and wants to have yes. sex at the end of the day. And that's all they care about. I think women crave that, that stimulation, those conversations, talking about all the things. And I think men are kind of okay to, and again, we shouldn't generalize because everyone is different, but I think I do feel that men need that kind of stimulation and conversation less than women need. Listen, biologically, you know, men and women are very different. different. And and men are more simple that way typically. Now, yeah. I'm not married to that guy. Simon wants me to care about everything that he does at yeah. work and have and involve each other in everything. Yeah. And and that's a different dynamic that I I appreciate being able to have because then we're we're both really interested in each other's I lives love that and, dynamic. And I need that dynamic. I want to know everything. I like to get in there and and be involved. I'm, I come from a place of like, oh my God, wait, I have a great idea for you for this could be amazing. Why don't we look into this? Oh, you should raise money to do this. Oh, Mm -hmm. you, this, like I, because if Tommy's happy and in a good place, then he's a better dad and he's a better everything. Like that's just, yeah, I think it's fun when you can talk about work from both sides. Simon likes to talk to me about his stuff and I like to talk to him about, about my stuff and it's great. I like having that. Do you think that separate bank account. Like, you know, I think a lot of people don't really know how to navigate putting money together, keeping money separate. Now I am someone that I just pay for all my shit. I've never, you know, but I will say 
when I met Tommy, I was sort of too embarrassed to say to him, I have no money. Like when I met Tommy, I had no money. If I was going to fly somewhere to see him at a tournament, I genuinely was like, how am I going to pay for my ticket? And not like a business class ticket, like a fucking coach ticket that's Mm -hmm. 300 bucks. And I was kind of too insecure to say to him, hey, can you get me the ticket? So I think I just put off this whole like, oh, I am so independent. Oh, no, you don't need to do that for me. Like, I think he would offer in the beginning, but oh my God, are you crazy? No, I'll do it myself because I so wanted him to see me as an independent person because I thought that would make him like me more when the reality is if I said to him from the beginning, hey, I just want you to know I love traveling to support you. I really can't afford it, but I want to be there for you. That would have made him feel like, oh my God, let me take care of her. Like He would love that. But And if I would go back, I would have set that tone probably early on, not like the damsel in distress, but just being more honest around, it was so important for me to think, for him to think like, oh, I, she's got her shit together. Of course. So I didn't want to say to him like, look, I don't- Send me a ticket, babe. Have money. Like I really, Mm -hmm. I live sort of paycheck to paycheck. Money is a very emotional thing. I mean, if I was like- But if I could go back, I would- can I just say my advice would be like, always be honest. It doesn't make people look at you different, a man, a woman, whoever it is you're dating. It's okay to say, you know what? Financially, I'm not in the best place right now. And as much as I'd love to go there with you, like I just can't pull it right now. That doesn't make you look weak. Mm-hmm. It makes you look honest. Yeah. But I would be, I would have a really hard time if I was working hard and making money and I was watching my partner like spending money, taking his friends out to dinners, not contributing financially. I would be resentful of that. I wouldn't well, like yeah, that feeling. What, like spending your money, like going and like drinking beer at a bar with all well, their yeah, friends? yeah, if we were married and we shared money the way that we share money now, mm. but Simon was like some person who was, if he was just a totally different person, and he was just like, fr- not frivolous with money even, but just like going out to expensive dinners and like buying himself clothes and like not contributing financially, and I was making the money. I'd be, I would feel resentful. I just Listen, would. I feel- Like I don't, I don't want that dynamic. I like coming from an equal place. I feel so great that- Everything I have is what I have earned. I don't know how I would feel if I like lived in a house that like my ex-husband paid for and I'm not contributing or like my dad like bought me a house. Like I don't know how I would feel. I mean, sometimes I feel like, fuck, I wish my dad would like buy me a house. Like that would be so nice. Like it would be so nice to just live in a beautiful house with a pool and that's it. Like parents buy their kids houses all the time. And then I go like, No, like I wouldn't feel good walking in the door every day. Like that wouldn't feel good to me. Mm -hmm. But I definitely go back and forth between like the money conversation. And at the end of the day, I feel really good in my relationship knowing that Tommy and I, we split things, I contribute. Like it makes me feel better. It makes me feel too, like we live within our means. We're not a couple that lives above our means. We could live in a bigger house. Like we could maybe have nicer cars. We could maybe take more vacations, but- Well, you drive a Range Rover. It's pretty nice. Okay. Thank you. But I mean, so he like drives- you're driving some like, okay. you know, he drives, car. He drives a Range Rover from like 2002. Okay. Well, two Range but, Rovers. Not bad. Okay. One's from 2002. It's like probably you could get like 10 grand for it. But- it's Keeping you honest. But but I think it is a, it's a hard thing also, to navigate. Also, money is-, is is very, very directly related to how your your experience with money and your feeling around money is directly related to how you grew up. Everybody is. Your t- parents oh, teach you sure. how to feel about money. If and we always up, watch our mom struggle. We always you, watched her struggle. Well, you and I have very different issues around money. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. You have much bigger issues around money, honestly, yeah. than I do. Yeah. I don't, I don't have, I don't, money is not a controlling force in my life. Having it, not having it, worrying about it, stressing about right, losing like, it. I'm like addicted to Needing working. more. Money is a big trigger for you. Yeah. Um, okay. How is Otto doing? Otto is back in New York and um, really has no interest in us on FaceTime. So I don't really get to see much of him uh, because every time Jordan says to say hi to me, he says he doesn't want to talk to me. Um, and he lived his best life in England. His accent is, I believe, just as strong since he's been with his grandparents over there and his dad. And uh, he has a new nanny very lucky lady that gets to be with him all the time. We, um, he pops into our fittings sometimes and he, we've been naming things for favorite daughter and he pops in and he's desperate for us to name something, the Christmas shirt. Cause he's obsessed with Christmas. It's like all he can talk about is that Santa Claus is his best friend, that that's his favorite person obsessed with Christmas. And he really wants us to create a Christmas shirt, even though I don't believe we can create a Christmas shirt because, um, it's not politically correct to have a Christmas shirt. I don't believe, Oh, well, I guess you could have like a Christmas sweater. Um, but we are not going to have one. And uh, he's doing very well. I would love to have him come make a debut appearance, but he's really not not that great on FaceTime. So he's not really good at that. All right. Well. Um, okay. So we do think that it's really funny too. We kind of want to do an episode where we actually read the negative reviews just because we want to make fun of ourselves and, and like laugh at them. Uh, but it really does help the podcast when you leave a positive review. Um, it helps us on the charts. It also just helps the podcast do better. So if you do like it, even if you're not the kind of person who would leave a comment, um, just know that giving us a good review is very helpful. Or if you have a negative review, you know, we appreciate your honesty, but it doesn't help us. Just letting you know it doesn't help us to have a negative review, but it does help us to have a positive review. So don't be shy if you're considering it. If you like this podcast, leave a rating and review. This podcast is executive produced by... Can you not use that voice? I'm sorry, I'm trying to sound... Yeah, but you don't need to make it sexy. This podcast is executive produced Just by... Be, can you, do you have a normal voice? Yeah. Aaron Foster, Sarah Foster, and Allison Bresnick. Okay, I'll take over. Our, Our associate producer is Montana McBearney. Our audio engineer is Josh Windish. This show is hosted by Simplecast. See, that didn't sound nice. That sounded great. <laughs>